Um, so let's just specifically the Instagram. Um, I'm over 15K, but I can do a campaign. And if I look at the brand's campaign, it's other bloggers who have 3K and we're on the same campaign because they're their audience is engaged with them and their pictures look good and they're consistent. So um, you you said it all the way. It's about are their readers and are their audience liking what they're putting out and do the brands trust so they can influence them to notice that. Success on Demand is like this dope sisterhood of strong, ambitious women who love business but crave success. We come together and talk self-improvement, goals, and even life stories. And more than anything, we're a part of a community for us and by us. Let's have Boss Talk. What's good, you guys? Thanks so much for tuning in to Success On Demand today. I'm so happy to have you. And we have another special guest on the show. And I know you guys will be excited to hear her story. Um, she's definitely more in the realm of, you know, what we're all doing now in this generation, just that content creation and that blogging atmosphere. And I wanted to get someone in the chair who could really talk to us about, you know, how they got from the bottom up. And we have Majesty on the show. Hi. And I'm going to give her a few moments to introduce herself. And then we'll jump right into the interview. Well, hello, hello. My name is Majesty. Um, I have a complicated last name, um, thanks to my husband. Um, and it's Atchampong. <laughs> and I'm the owner of Born Majestic. Um, and Born Majestic is an online platform. I'm really catered to empowering women. Um, I have a boutique for women to shop and I have a blog where I share fashion tips and food tips and lifestyle stuff that all of us ladies can can relate to, specifically, um, you know, women who are hustling and women who have passions and women who work and multitask and are, you know, just all the wonderful things that women do. It's, it's very real. It's not photoshopped. It's very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's me. And I'm excited to chat with you guys today. Well, we're excited to have you. And everything that you just said about the woman is me. <laughs> no time on the go, running around everywhere, trying to do everything, you know. And I think just finding the, that fashion that works with your lifestyle can make life so much easier because then you're comfortable (laughs) you know what's flexible for you and it just works out so much better because who has time to be in uncomfortable shoes or uncomfortable clothes like those days are over (laughs) exactly and at the wrong event because I'm all for my heels you know but I don't want to show up to something that's flat worthy and I'm you know I got my stilettos on So I've been there and done that. What? (laughs) I was just about to say that. Been there, done that. So the first question that I have for you is, you know, where did your journey begin? What inspired you to to take this journey as a blogger and then, you know, evolve from there? Yeah. So it's interesting because when I was a kid, I always wanted to get into fashion. I can remember as early as age 11 asking my mom for like sketchbooks because at that time blogging didn't exist. It, you know, we didn't, we barely had like the AOL trial mm-hmm. CD, you know, internet was a thing. So I remember thinking at that time, like, I want to be in fashion. I want to have a store. I want to be a designer. So I was trying my hand as a kid 
sketching out designs and I was really bad at it. Like I couldn't draw, um, just wasn't good. And I was like, okay, maybe this is not my thing. Um, so early on I knew like, okay, I want a store. And I knew I didn't have to design or be good at sketching to have a store. I was like, I want to run a business. I want to be in fashion. And I've had my eyes, eyes set on that since I was 11. And I knew I would beg my mom in high school and I would be like, I need a job. I need to work in a store because I have to learn some stuff to learn my store. And my mom was like, you need to focus on your grades. You're already cheer. <laughs> You're already playing volleyball. You don't have time for a job. You need to focus on your grades. And she would not let me get a retail job until college. So I felt defeated and I felt like I was behind and all the other girls that got to work at Forever 21 or Charlotte Roos with no retail and I was just destined to fail. Um, so when I went to undergrad, I went to UNC Charlotte, I got an internship at Target. I got a retail internship. So it wasn't a boutique, but I thought in my head, okay, I'm behind. I couldn't work my retail jobs. This is a mass retailer that does it right. Let me learn from the best. Mm -hmm. And um, I did two years of internship with Target and they gave me my foundation for retail. And then I was um, in management with them for six years and then um, transitioned from Target to being in management, opened up a store for Sephora. Um, and so a lot of that corporate retail or, or bigger, big box retail, especially retail, helped me learn how do big companies do it. And then um, I opened my business in 2012 and um, started my online boutique where I continue to work corporate jobs. And really the blogging kind of came just randomly. Um, I always had my focus on the boutique and the blogging aspect somewhat came on. I was hiring models to model my boutique clothes at that time. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I had a, a model wear my clothes, I would get a little bit of engagement, you know, a few likes. But when I wore my clothes, I would get a ton. And my husband called it out. And he was like, you know, he was like, he calls me Madge. He was like, Madge, um, <laughs> you, you just need to wear your stuff and stop paying this, these models. And I was so self-conscious. And I would tell my husband, I'm short and I'm not skinny. And I'm a minority because, you know, the blogger scene, you know, let's just be honest, it you know, we're growing in a diverse space. But when it started, it was no girls that looked like me. Mm -hmm. And so I said, no one wants to, like, we vlogging? I couldn't believe it. So I got into blogging by modeling the stuff I sold in my store. Um, so it really was an accident. And I have to be honest and say that space of my business has grown so rapidly, really outshining, I would say at this point, um, my boutique, um, the influencer wow. space was really a surprise and I hadn't planned on it. Um, so it's like a happy accident that really came from me stopping hiring models from my store and me just starting to put my own self out there yeah. and kind of organically build a brand with me wearing my own stuff. And it was neat because women could relate because they felt the same way I felt like mm -hmm. oh you're petite and you can wear that oh thank you because on the model it looks different or you know you got big thighs or you got a booty or yeah. um you know they just felt like they could see themselves in me in some capacity and it was way more relatable than the beautiful tall skinny six foot size zero models I was hiring 
you know, that's not your everyday woman. So um, I've been doing this since, I would say, late 2013. And it has really been, I think, the game changer for my brand and for my business. Oh, my gosh. And just see, I thought I had my questions lined up, right? And then all of a sudden, your response just, it gave me so many other things that I wanted to ask you. Because oh, throw them out. <laughs> 2012, so you you got to see the the blogging atmosphere literally grow from nothing to people getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a post. Absolutely, you know? because even blogging is so new. Even the term influencer is is new. Is new. They just started using that like a good yeah. maybe year or two ago. Yeah, because it was interesting because now I would consider myself an influencer. But if you asked me earlier this year, I would be like, oh, I'm not on that level yet. But mm-hmm. being an influencer, it doesn't it doesn't really matter how many followers you have. It's about do you have influence? Yeah. You know, are you posting things that people are interested in? Are you sharing content that people are interested in and are influenced by? Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned. The brands see that and the numbers are important, but if you have a thousand followers and you have engagement where you post something and everyone's like, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that earring? Or those earrings? What foundation are you wearing? Brands notice that, all right, this this person has an audience that's engaged mm-hmm. and can influence them to, you know, get our stuff. And 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 that's the secret thing that I noticed, like, okay, well maybe, maybe I am in this influencer space. And it was like as soon as I took ownership of that. Brands have been proactively reaching out like, hey, I saw your Instagram. I see that, you know, you have the aesthetic we're looking for. You have the type of posts that line up with our brand. And it's it's really been, as soon as I put myself out there, I feel like it's like law of attraction. Like, okay, let, let, let's do it. Yes, that is amazing. And like, what would you say um, to someone since you've been in this since 2012, what would you say to someone who's maybe had their blog for like a year or so and they're saying, you know, why are, why am I not getting brands coming to me? Why don't I have people engaging on my post or a whole bunch of followers? Like what's some advice that you would give that person? I would say for new bloggers, some of the mistakes I made was waiting to only post a perfect picture mm-hmm. or waiting to feel like I need a professional photographer to take this is not good enough. When I let go of that mindset and just start posting what I'm eating, what I'm wearing to work, what I'm wearing out to the holiday party, (laughs) what me and my husband are going on a date. When I start just posting everyday stuff, I mean, probably 85% of my social media posts now are just from iPhone pictures. And that is what helped me grow because again, I think it, 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 play to that relatability like no normal woman has a photographer following them every day Mm -mm. and so it felt more real and I think my first year I was hiring and paying professional photographers because I wanted it to be the best and I think as soon as I was like man this just isn't sustainable and I start asking girlfriends with cameras I start asking my husband to shoot me before I left the house and as soon as I kind of got in real life that is when more people responded, more people related. So I would say a tip for new bloggers is just to not expect your pictures to be perfect, but use what you have. And I would say post more than you're comfortable posting. 
because I also, when I first started blogging, thought, oh my gosh, if I post more than once a day, it's too much. I'm overwhelming people. But I mean, the people I follow post two or three times a day because they may post in the mornings, a morning inspiration. They may post at lunch their outfit. They may post it again at the end of the day because someone may have been working and not saw it. Um, so it's, it's really when you're new in the game, get out of your own way and just put yourself out there. And your followers and your audience will let you know what they like because literally, like, I look at my likes each week and say, okay, they really like my outfit post. They really like my relationship post where I posted me and my husband. Mm -hmm. They really like me at an event. They may not care about my friend's baby shower. Um, so <laughs> your, your engagement will train you on what the people who follow you are looking for. So I would just say, study your analytics, put yourself out there, post more than you're comfortable posting. And you don't always have to have a professional photographer, especially now with the quality of camera phones on your iPhones or Samsung. Like some of those are better than my professional camera. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm so happy that we went off on that tangent because you, I feel like you answered a question that a lot of bloggers are asking themselves and a lot of people who are just trying to, you know, grow their brand or grow their audience and their probably at that little pit stop and they're like you know what's what's going on but I think those tips will really help them to to get another kickstart going yes absolutely and I also wanted to ask you you know what were some of your first goals as a blogger you know what were some things that you were trying to that you were trying to accomplish in the, that first year or so of blogging in my first year um, I really just wanted to get people to read the blog, um, people to comment. Um, you know, when you're first starting, you just hope someone even looks at it. Um, <laughs> I was really focused on, at that time, you're wearing your own clothes. And in my first year, my goal was to try to get a brand to gift me an item and trust me to promote it. Um, so when I first started, for me, it wasn't even about let me get this big check from this brand. It was, hey, can you send me a free lipstick? Can you send me? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, hey, let, let me put myself out there because I wasn't very confident at the beginning um, because, again, I'm thinking, I don't have 50,000 followers. They're probably going to say no. Um, so the first year, that was really it. Like, please someone comment on my blog. Please someone like my picture. Let me get a new follower, and oh man, if a brand noticed me, it made my day. That was kind of elementary goals. Yes, but so realistic, so realistic mm -hmm. when you're first starting because I do agree with you, and I was trying not to get into engagement yet, but we were just going to jump right into it because I think that um, people do think that they have to have a whole bunch of followers um, in order for those brands to reach out to them. But something that I researched and that I learned um, from some of the brands that I already work with is that they're really just looking for someone who, say, has, you know, maybe 300 followers, but 80% of their followers, you know, like you said, are commenting or they're just trying to engage with them to figure out where what they have on came from. And Absolutely. I think that um, that's something that, you know, we as bloggers or influencers, you know, really should take heed to because it's not always about how many, but just the quality of what you already have. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I can share now. Um, so let's just specifically the Instagram. 
um, I'm over 15K, but I can do a campaign. And if I look at the brand's campaign, it's other bloggers who have 3K and run the same campaign because they're their audience is engaged with them and their pictures look good and they're consistent. So um, you you said it all the way. It's about are their readers and are their audience liking what they're putting out and do the brands trust so they can influence them to notice that. Yes. That's that's it. Very well said. And I think I think you said that so perfectly. I, that's probably going to be one of the quotes for this episode. <laughs> because I want people to remember. I love when it's a jewel drop cuz then I'm like, did y'all see that? Make sure, make <laughs> I love sure that. that you write that down, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> how soon did you find your niche? Because now since we're all like people are doing webinars and all that kind of stuff, we're all like, you know, we got to find where our niche is. But at what point did you find your niche and, you know, actually just really start to dive in it? I would say my second year blogging. Um, the first year, you're really putting yourself out there and seeing what people are interested in. Um, I, I was still doing fashion when I started. Um, but it was somewhat broad. It was like closet organization tips. It was shopping tips. It was personal style tips. It was what did I see on the runway? It was fashion trends. And I think in the second year, I kind of focused on, you know, specifically like, okay, how did I put together my outfit personal style? And I, I got away from like the runway trends. I got away from, you know, you wouldn't see me blogging about any specific designer um, it really was just like every day, what am I wearing? Where did I get it from? And how did I style it together? It's very practical. And then in the second year, I integrated um, makeup, um, which I had no intention of talking about. But again, listening to what your audience wants, um, I managed a Sephora store and I knew makeup and I knew products. So I didn't even think I was an expert in that. Um, but when I got to work with brands and they sent me product to try, I knew what the ingredients were. I knew the application tips. Mm -hmm. So I start sharing those things and my readers were like, oh, great, cool. If you bought that from Sephora and it worked for you, I'll trust you. Or if you bought that skincare. So that's something that I added in um, into my niche that I never really intended to discuss um, because I always feel like the makeup or beauty space was for YouTubers and, and girls who really can be their face. And that wasn't me, but it's a lane for girls who just want everyday natural makeup, but wanted to be good. Yes. Um, and so my niche now really is personal style. I would say beauty from a perspective of product reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll randomly throw in some healthy recipes there. So a little bit of lifestyle. Ooh, I'm gonna have to, you know, follow you up on that one too. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm an eater. <laughs> yes, what? me too. Oh, see, now when I come to Charlotte, we are gonna have to grab some some brunch or something then. When you because come to I'm Charlotte, like, oh. I put you on all the good food spots. Oh Lord, don't don't get me excited yet. Just just not yet. Yes. <laughs> now we have amazing brunch. <laughs> I believe it, and I've only ever honestly, I just started brunching, but I've only ever really had my really good brunches in Florida. So I don't even know what all these other states have to offer yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so North Carolina is known for barbecue. Ooh. Um, we have good barbecue. And Charlotte specifically has just some really awesome brunch spots. So 
we got you see y'all y'all heard it here on success on the man make sure that you head to charlotte for the brunch majesty <laughs> says so <laughs> now with once you finally did you know identify your niche how did you nurture you know the engagement of your audience from there like what are some things that you did to try to get your audience to engage with your blog or your instagram um so once i figured out that my niche was going to be personal style beauty and lifestyle um, when you put yourself out there for that specific niche you have to be responsive because people will ask questions. So when I do my outfit post, I always respond if someone comments and says, where did you get that from again? Even if I tag it, I always comment or respond back so you can engage because obviously if they like it and they want to shop, um, they can help them out. Um, the business side of it is too, if you have a post, um, I have affiliate relationship with a lot of retailers, so I can share the shopping link and I can get commission from sharing that if that particular reader buys that item. Um, engagement is, you know, when someone likes your picture or comments, commenting back or at minimum hitting the little heart to let them know you <laughs> saw it, you know. Yes. I just think, you know, being in this space, being an influencer is it, it takes you to another level when you're reachable because um, we're not celebrities. We, we're influencers. And I think, you know, when you're that Kim Kardashian level, Beyonce level, people can comment and they don't expect a response because they're so big. You know, we're we're not those people. So who are we to not respond if someone comments or at least acknowledge it? I think um, that just that human touch of, hey, I see you're engaged with me. Hey, I appreciate you reading my blog. Um, just being responsive, yeah. I think, is key to engagement. I definitely agree with that because at the end of the day, um, especially now that I've you know cleaned up my Instagram and stuff like that, I realize that when somebody's actually engaging on your post and commenting and doing whatever, there's so many other things that they could be doing. Yes. <laughs> there's so many other pages they could be on. There's so many like other interests, you know, that they can find on Instagram, especially Instagram because it's so saturated. So I think that when someone does take out that time to come and engage on your post or, you know, whatever they do, I think that it is a big deal when people, you know, reach out and respond back. Oh, yeah. I think it does that personal touch like you said that human because let's be real i mean it's probably 300 million bloggers out there the internet is huge so if someone's interested in you i mean i think just taking the time to acknowledge that so they can want to read again and want to like again um because someone will unfollow you in a second if they think oh i'm wasting my time <laughs> who she you know, she never says anything back to me i asked her a question about where she got yes. her shoes and she never answered me so I, <laughs> I, I appreciate all of that. So I try to make sure each day is in my routine to go through my notifications, be responsive, because um, I think it makes a difference. Yes, I agree. And with what you said earlier about your brand collaborations and how, you know, some brands have reached out to you. Once you made that decision, like, you know, yes, I'm an influencer. Were there certain things that you did to get the attention of brands or was it all, you know, organic and they kind of just reached out to you in due time? I would say half and half. Um, most brands have PR employees, um, social media employees, brand ambassador employees that will 
search through Instagram, search through blogs and find you. Um, so luckily, most of my brand partnerships and collaborations come through. Brands will send me an email and say, hey, you know, we saw your blog or hey, we saw your Instagram. We like your content. Here's a little bit about our business and brand. We would love to pitch you this idea. Um, the other side of it is brands that I personally want to work with as an influencer. Um, I made a media kit and it's basically like your own press kit um, that says, hey, I blog. My readership is between the demographic of 18 and 35 and 87% of my readers are women. And I blog about this niche. It's like you're telling the brand like, hey, I exist in the world. This is what I blog about. And yes. yeah, I would love to try out your new bath salts because I read great reviews about them and my readers love product reviews and I think they will be interested in your brand and I do that a lot maybe a couple times a month I'll make a list of meat like five brands that I want to work with and I'll get their email you can get brands emails easy you can google and all them have it on their contact page or yeah. <laughs> I mean Instagram you go to their page any brand that's big enough typically has an email option. You hit that email option on Instagram, it'll show you their email. And if that email doesn't take you to their team that works with influencers, they'll say, please direct your email to this particular contact. And that has been very successful. This week alone, I did that with five brands that I wanted to try, had not um, had the opportunity to try their product. One reached back out to me, is gonna send me skincare, body butter, Facebook. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really it's shooting your shot, selling yourself, and then the other piece is when you work hard and, and give quality, consistent content, they find you. Um, so I would say for, for me, it's been about 50-50. I'll get a couple emails a week from brands, and then in a month, I'll send out a couple that I just really, I'm personally interested in. Yes, that is super cool, and I'm happy that you dropped that tip for people. Because I'm a I'm a Google holic now. If I need to find somebody's information, <laughs> it's like it's the only time I've ever not been able to find someone's email was actually at the beginning of this year. And when I reached out to her, I was like, I don't mean to write you in your DM <laughs> and Instagram, but I have not been able to find your email anywhere. She was like, Yeah, I buried it. I was like, I see, <laughs> I see you have because I could not find it. But yeah, you can find just about anyone's contact information if you just simply google them or go to the website or yeah. dig deep enough you'll find somebody who can you know point you in the right direction so i'm all for that absolutely and even like you just said the dm you know that's not the ideal situation but i've even sent direct messages to brands and said hey you know i'm an influencer can you provide me with the appropriate contact email for who partners with mm -hmm. influencers mm -hmm. so you may not do your pitch in the dm but you can get the email and then you can go yes, through yes that is super smart mm -hmm. so yeah. i love using that vehicle yes thank you for dropping the little tips on us Absolutely. thank you gems i know they'll appreciate that yes and it makes a big difference like you'd be surprised um if if I wear an outfit and I tag a brand, I know they notice it because they'll comment or they'll like it. And same with direct messages. Like those brands have people that check that because they know they'll lose a customer if, if the message is ignored. So they'll see it and they'll respond. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that way of thinking about it. I'm going to have to make that a quote too. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll do it. When you progress from 
you know, those brand collaborations to getting those those first few press opportunities. How did that happen? Is that something where you were submitting work to, you know, these publications or you just kind of got a message one day and you were like, "Uh oh, (laughs) I'm on here. (laughs) Like, how did that work for you? I would say um, similar to the collaborations with half, I will approach someone and make a pitch. And the other half is they will reach out to me because they've seen my work. So um, I was able to be a contributor um, in Pride Magazine, which is a a Charlotte area publication for minorities, um, because I went to a beauty event and the editor in chief was there. And I said, hey, you know, I know you don't know me, but if you share your email with me, I will email you links to a couple of my blogs. And if you think it's great content, I think your readers uh, would benefit from the style tips that I offer. She loved it, and I've been able to contribute ever since. Um, So you have opportunities like that if you have the work there. And if your stuff is good and you're confident in it, the worst thing they could say is no. Um, And then on the other side of it is, you know, brands will notice what you're doing. And then you'll get those emails that say, hey, we love to work with you. Um, you know, this is our budget for this campaign. Would you be interested? Are you available to do this for this date? Um, so it's, it's a mix. But I would say, again, earlier on, I'm, I'm doing more of that. Hey, I'm here. I exist. Can you give me a shot? And the more brands see you work with other brands, the more they see your value and they'll approach you. Oh, yes. Very true. And I think that that's something that'll also give new bloggers peace of mind to know that, hey, you know, maybe I do have to put in a little of that legwork and reach out to some of these brands, you know, at first, even though it's not always going to be that way, but just giving that reassurance, like, you know, we all got to put in work sometimes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're in this game and you're sitting back waiting for someone to approach you starting. You are, you're losing. You really are. Um. Because, I, I mean, so many opportunities I would have missed if I just didn't ask. And every, any event I go to, any networking event, any women's business expo, I always leave with a collaboration in mind. Um, I'll give an example. Um, last month, um, I went to like a women's in business expo where they had uh, women in tech, women who had boutiques, women who started apps. It was just a ton of good panels. The women who had boutiques, I got their names. I went on Instagram, found the names of their stores, sent a direct message and said, hey, what's your contact for it? Influencers and collaborators reached out to them and said, hey, you know, I'm local to your area, the area that you have stores. You know, my readers, you know, are in that area, would love to shop in your store and blog one of your outfits. And they said, yeah. And they gave me a shopping budget to do it. So even at a panel. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's opportunities and everywhere you go is an opportunity. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way I think. I totally agree. And outside of just, you know, showing up when you do get those kind of opportunities, like how do you leverage those opportunities so that you can get more? Like what are some things that you do um, once you do form a partnership with someone, you know, to ensure that they come back? and partner up with you again, you know, if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. um, For brand collaborations, if there's a product, if you know someone purchased that product, I always let them know. So for example, with the boutique owner that I met at the business panel, 
two of my girlfriends says, oh my God, I saw that outfit. I went and bought that skirt. I showed them your picture and purchased it. I let that brand know, hey, I know for sure I got two sales and I sent them to this location. Thank you for the collaboration. So they see value in, man, we're already making money from what she's doing with us. So I would say a tip is, if someone on social media or someone has emailed you and said, hey, thank you, I bought that, I tried that because I saw your post, those are the things you let those brands know because then they know that they got a return on their investment from what you did. Yes, I love that. And I think that that's something that can easily be overlooked, especially with a big brand. You know, they don't know who your exactly. friends are or anything like that. So I think that it would be cool if you're just like, hey, you know, send some people or if you know, especially if you know for sure that someone's went and purchased something based off of, you know, your influence. Absolutely. So I love that idea. And another way is, you know, most blogs or website platforms have analytics. You know, if you got great readership response, if you got a lot of hits on that post, you know, you could easily say, you know, man really loved your product. When I posted this week, I got this many readers. I got amazing engagement um, to let them know that people are interested in coming to your site for what they have to offer. So it's a lot of ways to be creative and stay connected. Um, even an old school thank you note. Like if you have a direct contact, you know, hey, D, thank you for taking time to have me on your podcast. And, you know, hey, Sarah, thank you for taking the time to send me this, you know, influencer kit. You know, those things I'm sure go far because they're working with a ton of people to make you stand out. Yes. And I love a good old school thank you card, too. Me I'm too. Still, I still cannot get off of my little cards because I just love writing stuff, especially when it's personal and just, you know, sending it to someone who's unexpected, you know, who's not expecting it. Absolutely. So, I love that. And I know other people do, too. And now we're, we're getting to the end of the interview, but I do have a few, you know, eyeball questions that don't really have a subject. Um, the first one is what advice would you give to someone, you know, on how to deal with disappointment or when something unexpected happens. For instance, you, you know, we're supposed to have the picture sent to a brand by Wednesday and Wednesday, for some reason, the pictures don't send or whatever, you know, how would you say to deal with situations like those so that you can get back up and keep going? Yeah, I would say be as honest as possible. I've had that happen. Um, and people are human. I think if you ignore it and if you're ashamed, and if you don't respond, I think it looks like, man, I can't rely on that person. They're unprofessional. But if you say, hey, you know, thank you for sending me this product. I know my collaboration deadline, you know, was today. You know, unfortunately, I came under the weather. You know, I would request a two-day extension. Most people will work with you. If you, if you miss the deadline and don't give a reason, they're not going to work with you anymore. Um, so I would, I would say I'm just be as honest as possible. You, you know, like I've dropped the ball. I'm like, Hey D, <laughs> you know, show the human side and be responsive, um, and be specific. So if you miss a deadline, you know, if you have to reschedule, when are you, when do you have intentions to have it to them? Yes. You know, Hey, you know, yes. I couldn't make it today. I can't have it to you by Monday end of day. Is that acceptable? You know, mm -hmm. the way you're not leaving that person hanging because, they have deadlines and they're relying on you to get it back to them. 
Yes, and I think people really like appreciate that too. And that's why when me and you were talking earlier, I was just like, you know, I just would like for somebody to understand when I'm in this situation. Absolutely. So I would definitely, you know, love to just give that so that, you know, maybe one day it'll come back around to me. You never know. (laughs) Absolutely, because life happens. (laughs) What? And karma? Okay. So I'm definitely um, a person who appreciates that. And I I know that, you know, smaller brands as well as the bigger brands, you know, some may appreciate that as well. Absolutely. The next um, non-topic question was, you know, how do you invest in yourself? Like, what are some things that you do to, you know, sow into and nurture your brand? With fashion, um, I try to make sure I keep my hair done. And that's just for me. Like, even if I wasn't an influencer, my hair is going to stay laid and stay changed. Um, I've jumped on wigs recently. And that's an investment. (laughs) If you ask my husband, he'll probably faint. It's expensive. (laughs) Um, But I like changing my hair. I like offering different looks. Um, Again, just understanding basic makeup, you know. I don't hire a makeup artist to do my face when I shoot. Just understanding just how to have a simple, nice makeup face um, and just investing in time because I think if you rush your work, if you rush your posts, people can tell. And mm-hmm. even my Instagram posts, like, I'll think about the caption. It's pictures I have and I'll wait and I'll keep a caption in my notes <laughs> and schedule it for the next day. Like, it's strategy. Like, everything can be not planned out and not thought of. So I think the investment, if you're in the beauty fashion space is, you know, grooming, basic grooming and keeping yourself up. And, um, you know, I I have to be honest, I don't have a huge wardrobe budget. You know, I do allocate a little bit each month, but I'm not out here buying, you know, designer stuff. So it's a lot of, you know, what do I have? What new piece can I add in with that to accentuate that? Um, with something that I haven't worn in a long time, I can pull out the back of my closet and reuse it. So, I mean, it definitely isn't this lavish wardrobe budget or lavish glam squad. Is you know, what can I do to, to make myself my best and be practical? And, and really lately for me, it's been wigs and a simple face, a 10 minute face. <laughs> and um, <laughs> really, um, some distressed jeans and a cute jacket or cute top and some heels. And it's been it's been my norm for the fall. So, um, yeah. And I would say, and, and this is something I need to do better at. But if you're tired, if you're overwhelmed and burnt out, you're not going to produce great work. Um, so, you know, when you feel your body getting like that, try to pull back and take a break. Um, I had to take a little vacation recently because I was just getting like to my end and I could feel I was getting sick and I just was getting overwhelmed and you can't, you can't be there for other people. You can't influence anybody if you are down and out. So just self care, you know, it's, it's no perfect balance for sure. Um, I can't tell you that, but just when you notice it's going too far and knowing when to stop knowing when to disconnect, um, and knowing when to plan so you don't get so overwhelmed. Because I was really bad at that um, when I first started. I would let deadlines get backed up. I would wait to the last minute. I would procrastinate. And I had really bad anxiety because it's like, oh, I have this Banana Republic shoot that's due tomorrow. And I don't want to let Banana Republic down. And then you're in, in a scramble when, you know, 
you knew two weeks ago. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do better with putting things in my calendar, setting reminders, setting time to get things done early. So for example, like if I do a shoot, I may have one day to do the picture, a separate day to write the content and another day to edit it and make sure I'm happy with it. So I'm not rushing, trying to get everything done at one day. So giving yourself some time. And, and that procrastinating can be a major killer because that's something that I like constantly work at as well because sometimes we'll have moments where we're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not producing good work or, you know, this doesn't look as good for whatever reason. But a lot of the time it may just be because you're not giving yourself enough time. Oh, yeah. Create that content and giving yourself enough time to let the creative process, you know, take over you so that you can put out what you actually see in your mind. Absolutely. Because you know this because you're a creator. I mean, how many times have you wanted to write a blog? and You just didn't have it. Like you just like writer's blog. (laughs) So you got a buffer in time too. like some days you just don't have it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So being planful taking care of yourself and investing in yourself because blogs and social media are visual. So you can't look busted. Yes. What? At all. Nowadays you mess around and be a meme. So you got to to make sure you stay on point so that you don't, you know, end up in that situation. So I totally agree with that. (laughs) But on the flip side too, like, Accepting who you are and you can't change what you can't change. So, like, mm-hmm. I share with you, I know I'm petite. That is what it is. I know um, my body build. I know, you know, you just know some stuff. And your readers will respond to that. Like, curvy bloggers have a following that respect and love curvy bloggers and want tips on where to buy certain things. My girls, petite girls, like that I can share certain tips. So, I mean, everyone has their people. Um, so, also just being comfortable with who you are, what you can't change, and it is what it is. Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, down that same avenue, because I know, you know, you mentioned, you know, I'm a petite girl and you embrace that. Like, how do, like, before all of that and even now, like, how did you and how do you stay motivated? Like, what are some things that you do to, like, just inspire yourself? Well, for me, it... It's been a vision of mine. Like I'm very, I'm a dreamer and the closer I get to what I want to do, it just gives me an energy. So for me, I'm very self-motivated when it comes to the blog. I actually like, I have to stop. Like my husband will be like, why are you, you know, you're posting so much or you need, you know, you need to take a break or you need to, cause I will be fully engaged in that stuff. So for me, I'm still working on the balance piece, but I'm super mm-hmm. self-motivated. And then, you know, when you, when you see your work and you see a good response from your work, that's a motivator. Like if a brand reaches out to me, I am giddy because I'm like, man, they notice me, they notice the work I'm putting in and it gives you like a pat on the back because it's like all this focus on what I'm doing isn't for no reason. So for me, I think I push myself and and each year I get a little bit closer to what I saw in my head for myself as a kid. Um, But, you know, when from the boutique side, when clients shop with me and they like what I'm putting out there and from the blogger side, when brands like my content and want to work with me, that confirmation really keeps me motivated. Yes, and I know how that feels because if when somebody reaches out to me, I am hype. Okay, <laughs> I'm my own hype man. I'm like, yes, girl, look what you. 
look what you done did. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm all on it because I'm like, you, you can't take the, the risk of, you know, going to tell somebody what happened and they just being like, oh, you know, that's good. You know, that's great. Like, no, <laughs> I need, I need us to be hyped. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It does give you a boost and it, it gives you that reassurance, too, because you're like, maybe I'm on the right track. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing and it does feel good. Yeah, because being a creative and you know this, you're putting yourself out there like it's a vulnerable space. Um, you're putting something that you think is great out there and hoping people love it. Everybody won't. Some people will. Yes. Um and that's that's one thing we have to learn too is that we're not going to be everybody's cup of tea you know you yes. have to find your tribe like that's one of the the most important things that I've been preaching lately is that everybody is not going to you know be interested in the vision that you have and you have to recognize that's good. that that's real that's real that really is um I had a situation like that yesterday. I had a holiday pop-up shop um, where I was selling um, my gift items for my boutique and a client came to me and she says, oh, I'm looking for something really simple. I didn't see it. And at first I started to feel bad. And then I said, no, you know, kind of like you said, you're just not my person. (laughs) You're not my client. You're not my child. Like my person likes a little glam like some statement stuff, like something this time of year that they can wear to a holiday party. And so that's okay. Like you're wonderful, but you may not be my client for my boutique. And so same thing with, with the readership and with social media, like everyone may not vibe with what you have to offer and that's okay. Um, But the people who do will rock with you. And if you engage with them, they'll be loyal and they'll like your posts and they'll read all your blogs and they'll trust when you recommend something and, and try it out. Yes, and that that's like one of the, the best ways to end this podcast because I was wondering, I was wondering how we was going to do it, like if I wanted to ask you another question, but I just love the way that you answered that. I think that, that that'll definitely um, put a little juice, <laughs> put a little juice hey. in some of the bloggers just to be like, you know... I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to, um, be for everyone and it's hard no, to we be can't. for everyone. It's tiring to try to cater to everyone. So it's, it's important to find that niche and just know that niche, like the back of your hand. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause if you, I mean, if you try, if you try to reach everyone out there, I mean, you just, you can't like, and, and, and if someone like you, it's someone like you. Like, I remember when natural hair first started, I was like, oh, maybe I should try it, but I have relaxer and the natural girls don't like me. Well, people still have relaxers out there who wants to know that someone is like them. So it's something mm-hmm. for everybody. It's girls with natural hair that want someone with natural hair so they can share things that are good for them. So it, I think what you said, I love what you said about, you know, finding your tribe and finding people that are like you or respond to the things that you like and you put out there. Like that is perfect. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I really want to just thank you for being on the show, like just in general majesty, because I feel like this, this conversation was like jewels all over the place. 
<laughs> that this is definitely going to be one that people are going to want to have their notepads for. Um, I do want to have you, you know, tell them where they can find you and just different ways that they can support you and whatever that you're doing right now. Absolutely. So um, first, I will send you to my shop and my bornmajestic.com website. I'll spell it for you. Um, it's B-O-R-N-M-A-J-E-S-T-I-C.com. Um, so that is my website where you can find my boutique. Um, you also can find my blog on that website. Um, so that's the best way to connect with me through um, web. Um, on social media, um, the name Born Majestic is my handle everywhere. I make it simple so you don't have to try to to haunt me down. Um, so I'm Born Majestic <laughs> on Instagram. I'm Born Majestic on Twitter. Born Majestic on Pinterest. And then for Facebook is facebook.com backslash Born Majestic. So it's easy. It's easy. You can find me everywhere. And if you just search majesty, it's not many majesties that exist out there. So I usually come up pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> the name isn't that that popular. <laughs> well, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful though. And that Thank you. that was another tip y'all like try to make it easy for your tribe to find you. You know, try to keep yeah. it the same on every platform. Then that way it's not like born underscore blah 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 over here and then you know, exactly child nobody got time yeah. to be searching for you because then because then they won't they will give up and, and I had to learn that the hard way because when I started I had one social media platform born majestic another one was your majesty another one was something else and I had to realize like I don't want to look for people and figure out what their names are like the times I have to do that I just don't even find I don't just, I just mm -hmm. stop and give up so make it easy for people to find you that want to connect. So I keep my website name is a name that is on everything. Yes, totally, totally. Another tip for you guys. So I hope you you really enjoyed this interview. I'm not not you, Majesty, but the audience, and that everybody can just go and check out Majesty. You know, visit the boutique, see if you like anything. Check out the blogs, give some feedback. You know, as content creators, we love feedback. So yes. know, definitely tell us what you think. If you have questions for her, feel free to reach out to her. Um, you guys can find this podcast not only on iTunes, but also now on Spotify, as well as on Google Play. And if you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out to me through dlake.com or from the email listed below this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Hello, I am Majesty, and you've heard my story here on Success On Demand.